Welcome to the Church Basement Podcast. Today's topic is the ELCA's National Youth Gathering. Grab a cup of coffee or tea, strap on your running shoes, or pick up those knitting needles and join us. Let us introduce ourselves. I am Pastor Amanda Zensalo, and I serve as the pastor of Central Lutheran Church in Northeast Portland, Oregon. And I'm Dawn Miller, a member here at Central and the producer of the podcast. Okay, National Youth Gathering. No idea what that is. All right. So Catholics did not have such a thing as far as I know. All right. So the ELCA, our denomination, has a triannual. So triannual. Yep. Every three years. Okay. Doesn't happen every other. Doesn't happen every year. It happens every three years. So a triennial national youth gathering. Okay. Where all of the youth who are going into high school or coming out of high school. Okay, so if you've just graduated, you're not out. Correct. Okay. And if you've just finished eighth grade, you you're could go. You're also in. Mm-hmm. Okay. So it's it's a decent age spread, but that group of students are the eligible ages to go as participants. Okay. And then you have chaperones, and then you have volunteers, and staff, and all the other things that go along with hosting this kind of an event. So every three years, from all over... The United States and territories. Oh, okay. Youth come together in one city for three full days of activities. Okay. And I think it's like the first night you get into the city and then there's a mass gathering to start. So there's four big mass worship events. Is this like a weekend or a week? It's across a week. Okay. And the attendance in the years that I have known of it, so since 2000. Okay. It's about 30,000 youth. That's a lot of kids. It's a lot of kids. 30,000 There's got to be some liability issues with that number of kids. (laughs) I mean, if you want to talk about the dark side of a youth (laughs) gathering, we can do that too. But (laughs) we're going to keep it happy. Whenever you get 30,000 youth plus chaperones, volunteers, and staff into a city, there's bound to be situations and events that are not great. Sure. We're going to go for the positive end of this. We'll stick to the positive end because by far and large, the events and the experiences of the National Youth Gathering are really incredible. These are Mm -hmm. mountaintop experiences for kids and for adults who participate. I never participated as a youth because I wasn't a part of the church when I was Mm -hmm. a kid. So I would say that these experiences have been incredible as someone who's gone as a chaperone, as a, as a pastor, as a staff person, actually, mm. at one of the gatherings. Okay. So it's a wonderful, incredible opportunity. Do you know how long? I mean, you said since 2000 you've known of it. Do you know how long they've been doing it? I've known of it since 2000 because I haven't been in the church for very long. They've been doing this since before the ELCA was formed. Okay. Because I know... So- I know it happened at least somewhere in the mid to late 80s, because I believe my husband has gone. Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. spoke at one of these. Oh, wow. Okay. So it's been happening been a, while. a long time. And youth have been gathered from all over the country to be able to hear that kind of a level of speaker. Okay. And that's really part of what this is about, is the opportunity to hear that level of a speaker, to talk about faith and living life publicly and living life with kind of having your faith inform the way you live. It's we'll a, get it's back incredible. to the the events of the days themselves. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But this is leading into another question I have for you is mm-hmm. why would you gather 30,000 youth? I mean, what was the impetus behind it? I don't know what the original impetus was back in the 50s. Like I can't speak to that. But what I can speak to 
now as being part of the impetus is the opportunity, especially a lot of youth who are in rural communities. Oh, sure. And if you think of the United States of America and how much of our country is actually really rural. Oh, sure. And then our denomination with a lot of rural community churches out there. And so to be able to gather together and understand that being a Lutheran does not mean that there are 35 people who think the same way as you, Mm -hmm. but to see that there are 30,000 people your age Mm -hmm. who care about this. Yeah, that can be a very powerful message. Like I said, my husband had went sometime in the 80s, and we would have come from a very small town in Iowa. Yeah. And one of the memories that I have of a moment that was impactful for me. I don't know if it was impactful for the youth, Uh but it was impactful for me is we were in the opening mass gathering and the, I think maybe it was even the presiding bishop of the ELCA at the time said, the Lord be with you. And the whole entire Coliseum answers back and also with you. Mm -hmm. And one of my students looked at me and was like, that was 30,000 people saying that. Uh huh. We all say that. And it was that moment of connection sure, where he really caught being a member of the ELCA is not just these few random little churches here and there. We are one of the largest denominations in the United States of America, hundreds of thousands of members in our denomination. It's a big group, but we don't really necessarily notice that no, because we get don't isolated. See it. Even here in Portland, you don't see it. Exactly. And so to be able to get to a place where you, where you're in a coliseum that is packed full mm-hmm. and everyone is within the same five-year age range with chaperones. <laughs> yeah. It's an incredibly powerful and amazing opportunity for youth. And then you add on the programming. And the opportunities that come with the programming and with the events that happen around the days. But even just gathering youth together to share worship together in a large group like that is really astonishing. Well, that sounds pretty powerful. Okay, so now back to the days themselves. Mm -hmm. You gather, everybody's travel day, you get there. You're all checked in, and then there is that evening? Correct. Okay. There's like an opening gathering of the event. So check in. You know, some congregations come early to the city. Oh, okay. And do some stuff together and then check in early. Some get there kind of late in the day and check in at the end and then just hop into worship. But pretty much you find the way to get 30,000 people registered. (laughs) (laughs) In a day. In a day, right? Think about all the logistics on this. Everybody gets their T-shirts. Everybody gets their whatever it is. And this is then, the triannual part of this. Right, exactly. Get everybody in and then get everybody into whatever large capacity space, sure, coliseum or whatnot that you're going to be in, and then have opening worship together. Okay. And then there are three full days of events. And this has changed. So in 2000, I participated in the youth gathering that year as an employee. Mm -hmm. And they did this like tester case that year because we were in St. Louis. Okay. And St. Louis couldn't handle 30,000. 
St. Louis couldn't handle 30,000? Apparently that year they decided what they were going to try to do is they split it over two weekends. Oh. So it actually ran twice. The whole thing ran twice. That sounds like twice as much work. With 16,000 per weekend. Oh my goodness. And so... They're not doing it that way anymore, are they? they? And they hadn't before. Okay. They had done it all in one before, but mm-hmm. they opted to give this a try to see how it would go mm-hmm. to do it with 16,000 at a time. Because if you think of it, half, you know, for sure. hotel capacity sure. in a city and for like restaurant capacity, sure. it's a really big deal to it's flood huge. a city with 40,000 extra people by the time you get all the staff and all the volunteers and everybody else in. You're talking about 40,000, around 40,000 people to try to feed that many people oh, in yeah. a week. It's a big deal, too. So splitting it across the two weeks, that was what we did in St. Louis. If a group wanted to go out and do some service, there were some opportunities for some service to okay. be done. But a lot of it was not necessarily formal. Each of the three days wasn't specifically necessarily formal, but there were different things that you could do. You could spend the day in the activity center. You could spend the day in the midst of the city. Right. So the days were a little less structured. Okay. By the time I went in New Orleans post Katrina, mm-hmm. so I think I missed one or two gatherings. I don't remember exactly. So 2003, then 2006. So 2009 okay. is when I went again. And that was the first time any large group of people had made a commitment to come to New Orleans and actually showed up oh, post-Katrina. Really? Mm-hmm. Everybody else chickened out, huh? Everybody else chickened out. Huh. And so in 2009, we showed up, and even on the first night, like, this was a really odd experience. The first night we were there, we had our big mass gathering, we left. There was no traffic control. The officers weren't prepared. The food vendors hadn't shown up to feed the kids. No. Because nobody believed that this group of 30,000 was actually going to show up. Oh, that's crazy. Because the city didn't believe that we would show up. But we're Lutherans. <laughs> so what do we do? Uh, that's what you do. You we say you're going to go, up. you're going to go. That's right. And not only that, but they had restructured because we were coming in post-Katrina. Mm-hmm. And we had relationships within that city. We had done youth gatherings in New Orleans before. Mm-hmm. And so relationships had already been established. And we came in and said, one day out of your three, you're going to go out into the city and you're going to do service. Mm -hmm. And so each day, 10,000 people went out into the city to do service. Something. Clean up, painting. Clean up, painting. Yard work, whatever you need done. Anything. And so it was all organized ahead of time and... You got up in the morning and you were told what group you were going to be in and when you needed to report to the buses. And then you had people who were there and everything was set up for you. And we arrived at our volunteer place and then we spent the day volunteering there and then had like a couple hours off in the afternoon and then off to the mass worship. So each day, 10,000 youth were going into the city and they gave all the youth like a bright orange or a bright yellow shirt, the sure. same shirt, so that as we were out and about in the city, it was really obvious who we were and sure. what we were doing. And so by day two, it wasn't even day three, by day two, we had been on the news. Oh, nice. And people were coming up to Lutherans in the street saying, thank you. And by the closing worship, the city mayor was with us 
saying thank you. Well, that's lovely. And President Obama sent a letter. Well, that's even more lovely. Right? It was amazing. Like, I can talk about that and totally get choked up from the experience. And it was so amazing to get to be the church. Mm -hmm. Right? And my youth were awesome. And I loved my kids who were with me. And they did an amazing and fantastic job on our volunteer day. And they kept focused on what they were being asked to do. And they kept it focused on the people we were serving. And we were cleaning out a church. And they had two properties alongside of them. Mm Mm-hmm. And this was years post-Katrina, and it still hadn't been completely cleaned out. Oh, man. We filled a dumpster, Mm -hmm. like a huge dumpster, not like a 30-cubic-foot one that I had in my driveway, but like Mm -hmm. really massive, massive dumpster of things like a toilet and all kinds of just stuff that had been washed up. So we were cleaning all of that out and helping them to kind of clear the downstairs of their church so they could refurbish the downstairs and repair it so they could come back to worshiping in their space of worship. That's crazy. It had been that long. Yeah. Still. Yeah. And moving books and moving things like sure. just, you know, simple stuff, but it was a lot of hard, heavy labor. Sure. And well, this is what teenagers are perfect for. It's what all of us are good for well, if we yeah. take one day out of the year. Exactly. And Spend eight hours working hard. Well, doing I remember the thing. whoever from this congregation went last time around. It was mm-hmm. in Detroit, mm-hmm. and they mentioned they were doing a day of service there as exactly. well. Exactly. So since two thousand nine, that been has a part been of one it. of the days. And yep. this year, I'm assuming Houston still had some cleanup from hurricanes past as well. They did all kinds of cool things. Mm-hmm. So. Because of this in 2009 and because Mm -hmm. of how it was received and how much it meant, that became a part of how the gatherings have been moving forward. I think it's brilliant. And it's a part of how the cities have been chosen. Mm -hmm. So I think they went back to New Orleans the following, like in 2012, because the work wasn't done. Sure. And so they went back again in 2012. And then in 2015, they were in Detroit. Mm -hmm. And now in 2018, they were in Houston. Mm Mm-hmm. And so each of these different events, those of us who were in New Orleans that year, and we saw the marks on the wall, you know, the Mm -hmm. the plus signs with the date and then how many survivors Mm. and how many not survivors were found. Like, So we're talking more than high water marks. That was still all there on a lot of the places that we saw. Mm -hmm. And it depended on what you were doing, right? People who were in the Ninth Ward volunteering were going to see very different things than people in a different area. But all of that was part and parcel of the experience. Sure. And in Detroit, they were working on the areas of urban blight. Sure. Because Detroit had so much that just collapsed with the auto industry Mm -hmm. And so the areas of urban blight, they went in and they cleaned up properties and Mm -hmm. did all kinds of amazing, incredible work in that. In Houston, I saw pictures. They made murals and they got a whole bunch of book stuff put together for books so that kids who've never owned a book could come to a book drive. Nice. So the different levels of volunteer capacity and service opportunities, the cities are now preparing And they've learned how to kind of get this going. Sure. So 10,000 youth a day go out into these cities. It's really amazing to think about what you can do with that number of people. Isn't it amazing? Mm -hmm. It's so cool. It was really beautiful. So that's one of the days. 
one of the three days. Mm-hmm. Another day is spent in an activity center, which is full of things like a free ropes course and a place where you could donate your hair to Locks of Love. Oh, that's kind of fun. A place where if you have permission ahead of time, sure, right, you can donate blood. A place where you can learn about handicap accessibility sure, and what it's like to live in a wheelchair or experience those kinds of things. A place where you can work on building a house with Habitat for Humanity. So maybe you're building trusses. Uh-huh. There are fun areas like a reconciling works area with a fun area to learn about God's love for all people, all kinds of things. So basically, if you can think of a ministry fair, that's what the activity center is. And it's in a place like here in Portland, the big conference center here in Lloyd Center. The convention center? The big convention center. Okay. Exactly. It would be one of those and filled with stuff for the youth to do for the day. Sure. And so that's the activity center. And then one day is spent now, and this began, I think, in Detroit. And it's one day spent with your Senate. Oh. So all the youth from, for example, Oregon gather together and spend the day together in worship and activities. And the Oregon Senate is responsible for planning what happens on that day. That doesn't really happen in any other way, does it? It can. It can. But with the amount of effort that you put in getting to a national youth gathering, Mm -hmm. you have a different level of participation Mm -hmm. than if you have a statewide youth gathering here in Oregon. Mm -hmm. I mean, that kind of thing can happen. It has happened in the past, but this was a really great opportunity. Now, I have not been present uh-huh. since they've been doing the synodical days. I know somewhat of how they get organized because a friend of mine was one of the primary organizers. He did amazing work. But it can vary then from synod to synod sure. on what that looks like and what that feels like and what worship is like. The gathering team will provide materials to kind of keep on theme with the overarching structure. Sure. But it's its own kind of a thing. And then in the evenings are these mass gathering events. Okay. So in New Orleans, we met at the Coliseum. Uh One of the stories I like to tell, I think it was day two when the mayor came in to the Coliseum and said, I wish that the whole city could come and see how you have reclaimed this space with beauty and light and love and hope again. Yeah, that would be a powerful message. So I don't know that all of the youth understood, Mm -hmm. but all of us adults, like I still get teary-eyed. Sure. Because I have a sense of what the Coliseum was in the days immediate post-Katrina. Yeah, that was not good. And to hear him say thank you for reclaiming this place Mm -hmm. as a place where good can come from. Mm Mm-hmm was really powerful yeah, absolutely. and beautiful. So Houston, their giant gathering space was completely full, up three tiers. Nice. <laughs> you know, just packed. And everybody gathers in, and that's where they have musicians. Okay. There's like a house band. And then there's big key musicians like Skillet came and played one year. I'm old. There, Skillet's a, <laughs> a Christian music heavy metal band. Okay. And the Lutheran Church, the ELCA, we kind of have our music stars as well. So okay. <laughs> there are musicians that are kind of part of our scene. So Agape is part of our scene and Rachel Kurtz is part of our scene. And 
Lost and Found is another band. They come from our tradition and we love them and they do amazing things. Ken Miedema was there the year that I was in St. Louis. He's an incredible pianist and musician who's blind, who does incredible things. So, so you get concerts, you get speakers. Yep. And yep. a worship service every night. So the speakers and the worship are kind of tied all in together. Okay. And then there's a closing worship service with communion okay. at the end of the entire gathering. And the speakers vary. So the speakers in St. Louis, that's where I heard Archbishop Desmond Tutu. Oh, lovely. He was incredible both times he spoke because it was two weeks. <laughs> and so both weeks, he was incredible. Jennifer Knapp performed that year. So mm -hmm. it was kind of the height of her Christian music time. Nadia Boltzweber Really, sure. you know, one of her videos from the National Youth Gathering in 2012, I think, is one of the ones that sent her viral. Okay. She was a speaker again this year as well. And each of these speakers, they're incredible. They do a fantastic job of bringing speakers in. We're going to link to some of these videos mm -hmm. on the page for the podcast at centralportland.org. So come looking if you're interested. Yeah. Or there's YouTube and Google. And YouTube, they have the channel of the gathering worships, and a lot of the individual speakers' videos are out there. So if you gather ELCA National Youth Gathering video, you'll probably find quite a few. Some are better than others. All of them are good. There you go. Yeah. Okay, so as this thing continues on and changes a little bit over the years, mm -hmm. Other than the service day, are there other things that have been added as it moves on with the times? I'm not certain when it started, and it could have been much longer. I don't know the exact history of this, but there are two additional events that happen before the big event. Okay. So there's the Dale event, D-A-Y-L-E. So that is the Differently Abled Youth event, okay. Youth Leadership event. And then there's the MILE, M-Y-L-E-E, -E, Multicultural Youth Leadership event. And those days are specifically for those smaller communities within our denomination. Okay. As one of the widest denominations yes, it is. in the United States and the least diverse, it's really important that we take the time to take our students of diversity and give them a space of their own and the opportunity to really be empowered with one another. And so they come early and they have additional days that are just for them. And then they have spaces on the floor level of the gathering, okay, which are oftentimes reserved and held for them to be able to continue to stay within their cohort and to stay with one another and support one another. Okay. And so that's another awesome thing. And if you do look up videos, you'll be able to see mile highlights. That's what that is. Okay. It's the specific event for our students of greater diversity. That sounds great. Okay, so this last one literally just happened mm -hmm. like a week or two ago. Yep. When and where is the next one? The next one is going to be in 2021, and they release the location of the next one on the last day of the gathering, like a big reveal. It's like the Olympics? Yeah. Okay. So the big reveal was that it's going to be in Minneapolis, Minnesota, mm. and it'll be June 29th through July 3rd of 2021, and youth who are eligible will oftentimes begin their fundraising and begin their planning immediately after the conclusion of one. So, well, sure, because depending yep. on how many people you have to transport and house, yep. 
the Minneapolis airport, though a big one, been to it many times, <laughs> still is a distance for at least people on every coast. Yep. And so now begins the planning phase. Fantastic. All right. This leads me into my last question. As we were planning this mm -hmm. and typing up a loose script, you had me take a picture of the metal cross that lives in your purse. What is that and why? That metal cross has been in my purse since 2009, and it comes from the Ninth Ward. Yeah? In New Orleans. Did somebody make it for you? Yeah. Oh. From the service day. And so remembering that part of who this denomination is, is a denomination of service in the darkest of places when most people have walked away. Most people have already moved on and aren't showing up anymore. And part of who we are as a denomination is we stick around and we show up when we say we're going to show up. That cross is from a fence in the Ninth Ward that was being taken down like it was one of those areas that was blocked off because it was hazardous. Mm -hmm. And so that was a piece of scrap metal that was found as they were doing their cleanup work. And he fashioned it into a cross and gave it to me when we met after our service days were concluded and our youth were safely tucked back in their spaces to mm -hmm. rest. And that pastor and I met over coffee and kind of staring at each other going, wow. And he mm -hmm. gave that cross to me. And I have carried it in my purse every day ever since. That is absolutely lovely. Well, thank you, Pastor Amanda, for taking the time to help us learn a little more about the National Youth Gathering. I look forward to sitting down with you another week on another topic. As do I. And if you know a youth who would be of an age to attend the gathering in 2021, and you do not currently have a church home that would help sponsor and get you there, you are totally welcome to come and join our little cohort of fun and crazy youth. We will be planning our trip to head to Minneapolis in 2021, and you are welcome to join us. Follow us, of course, as usual, on iTunes. You can find our website, centralportland.org, and find our podcast there. You can always send us an email, podcast at centralportland.org. We would love to hear from you. Until we are back in your ears again, remember, God loves you, no matter what. <laughs>